This weekend is a special weekend to to get together together to be in homes uh, across our city and to serve across our city. Uh, but nothing else matters if we don't hang on to the truth of God's word. It, it's just hanging out together if we don't do that. And and um, and I'm grateful to have Josh Campbell who's going to come and, and present the word. Okay, there it is um, to us today. He he preached all weekend long to us to help us understand this idea of belong. Um, that you see on the shirts and you see on the screen, everything and, and, and how that is such an important piece to understand. If we can understand that we belong to Jesus, it changes the way we see everything. And, and so Josh, I met Josh years ago. He's an old youth pastor. Um, and, and the average stay of a youth pastor at a church is about uh, 18 to 24 months. And, and so it's really hard to be friends with youth pastors when they come and go all the time. And he and I met at Camp Zephyr years ago and just connected. And I thought, God, I'd love to spend more time with this guy. Like, I would love for our paths to cross, but he was in Huffman. And then and God moved him to San Angelo. Like, oh, man, he's never going to be close. And then in the last year and a half, two years, God opened an opportunity for him to be the assistant executive director out at Highland Lakes Camp. And it happened right before COVID. And so you go, and then camps get canceled. Like, what a great new job. And uh <laughs> And he has it, but our camp got canceled in 2020. And I called my friend Josh and said, I want to have camp. And he goes, we want to have camps because everybody's canceling. Let's make this happen. And during COVID of 2020, we got to have camp. We got to see 10 kids come to Christ. It was an incredible week. It's because of a friendship that started 10 plus years ago. And now he's here getting to share the word with us today. Josh, will you come bless our hearts? Yeah. I love you, bro. Okay. You know, I, I believe everything happens for a purpose. We don't serve a God of coincidence. We serve a God of intentionality. And so um, the fact that 2020 came and I saw uh, everything that I got excited about uh, go away in about a week. Um, and then uh, the fact that um, God placed us in a, in a place where I was able to to work with your church and, and have camp um, again. We, there's no coincidence when it comes to God, right? Uh, he is always in control. He is always so good. And, um, and, and it's amazing to see him uh, work in such an incredible way. Uh, this morning uh, is kind of the culmination of our weekend. Um, and so students and, and leaders who have been involved, uh, a little bit of this morning is going to be review. But, you know, what you what you learned in school is that when a teacher says it multiple times, it's important. So you want to write it down. It's going to be on the test, uh, which we're going to pass out at the end of the service. Um, but, uh, but anyways, I want to, I want to kind of bring you on board to, to what we've been talking about. We've been, we've been talking about what it means to belong, uh, what it means to belong to the, to the family God, what it means to belong to him. And we started off the weekend talking about the prodigal son and how the prodigal son, um, he, he belonged to this family, but then, uh, he, he allowed some, some discontentment. He allowed some, some personal self issues to come into place where, where he, 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 it wasn't enough what the father gave him. And so he created this separation between him and the father, right? He was, he was pulling himself away until he was in isolation. And, and, and what that brought to him was, was this, this, this need, this sinful state of need and, and desire and want and emptiness. And then finally he came to his senses and, and we see that he's, he's reached the rock bottom, right? Here's this, this young Jewish man who, uh, is now not just not in his hometown. Not that he sold everything away and did all this stuff. Now he's feeding pigs. 
which was basically the, the lowest of the low that a Jewish man could have done. And he said, you know what, I, I, I want to go back to my father, but, but not to reconcile. I want to go back to bargain. I want to go back because I, I don't want to be his son anymore. I, I just want to be a, a hired servant because that's all I deserve. That's all I deserve is just to be a hired servant. They eat better than me right now. They, they, they live because they have a father, they have a, a master that cares. And so he, he returns to the father with this heart problem, this idea that he doesn't want to reconcile. He just wants to bargain. Please just give me a job. Give me, get, fill my needs, fill this void that I have right now in my life. But when he came home, the father did not expect bargaining. He wanted reconciliation. And he welcomed that son back. He said, fetch me my robe. Give me the shoes. Give me my ring. Why? Because this is my son who belongs in this family. And no matter how far he tries to run, no matter what separation he has between he and myself, I love him. He belongs. So then we continue talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and that's where we're going to be today. If you want to go ahead and turn there. We talked about what it means to belong in this body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this, starting in verse 12, For just as the body is one in many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit in one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, we were given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body, is it not for that reason any less part of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, is it not for that reason any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Verse 18, if if you take notes, if you underline, highlight, double tap, whatever you need to do, verse 18, but as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just the way he wants it. Just the way he wants it. God arranged us, the body, the parts, as he desires. Hold on to that truth. Verse 19, he continues, if there were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. Those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe them in greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body. So there would be no division in the body. God arranged the parts of the body so there would be no division in the body. But that the members would have the same concern for each other. If one suffers, all members suffer with it. If one is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. What we talked about yesterday was, yeah, we're all one body, but there's a problem. The problem is we're all different. But see, our differences aren't the problem. 
It's what we do with the differences that's the problem. Look around in our world today. Are we not divided in just about any possible sense of the word? Are our churches not divided in any possible sense of the word? We've had this, this, this belief, this lie that, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all individual, we all, but you know what? Um, I think we should do it my way, or I think we should do it my way. But we belong to the body. Paul was talking about, he says, listen, we got Jews and Greeks, slaves and free. He's talking about these cultural, socioeconomical, all these differences between us. And he's pointing out, yes, there's, there's, there's differences. There's the, and I, I, you know, we look at life, man, there's the people that are just so hard to love. There's the people who, man, they're, they're just so annoying or, or they're just worthless or all, and, and we just think to ourselves, man, um, there, there's, there's no way they can belong. But see, that's the problem is that Satan wants to use our differences to divide us. We talked about the, the difference the, between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. The spirit wants what the spirit wants. There's this division. And Satan's sitting there the whole time going, yep, that person's different than you. That's not going to work. That's why we have churches that are crumbling and splitting because they can't decide what color the carpet should be. And Lord knows that's the most theological decision that you could ever make. But even easier, we have churches who can't decide what color they want the people in their church to be. We have people that can't decide what the social, hey, if, if you're not rich, listen, that's cool, but, but there's a church down the road for you. And we let these desires of the flesh come in and Satan's just sitting there the whole time saying, yep, yep, let's keep going. See, God unites us. God unites the body. We were created for unity. And so some of the problems is, is that when we start looking at all these different parts of the body, we, we start coming to these statements. See, in this passage, we have two different kinds of statements. One is, is we have these me statements. I challenged the students yesterday to fill in the blank. And it's in verse 15. It says, the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong. The challenge was, what are you filling in the blank with? Because I'm not blank, I don't belong. What lie have you believed that makes you insufficient to serve in the body? What lie are you believing to make you think that just because you're not wealthy, just because you don't have the house, just because you don't have the, the things of the family, the, just because you don't have that, uh, you don't belong. Listen, that, that is straight up a lie from Satan to, to make you feel like God has not given you enough to serve him. How many of us turn down service opportunities because we say, I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. I'm not equipped for that. I used to say, I don't like other people's kids. Like, I don't do that kids now. That's, I was calling the student ministry, anything below that, I just, I didn't want to. But see, what's funny is, uh, I always felt, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with kids. I wouldn't hold other people's babies just because I didn't want to break them. But then God gave him a beautiful wife who just happened to be the children's church coordinator at just about every church we were a part of. Because I'm not blank, I don't belong. That is an absolute lie from Satan. And what that's saying is that God did not give you enough to serve. But here's the best thing is we serve a sufficient provision God who gives you everything you need. Remember, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. 
God created you intentionally with a purpose. He has given you gifts, talents, skills, abilities that nobody can take away from you. You are enough. You belong. God's given you everything you need. There's that me statement, but then there's the other statement. It's not just the intrapersonal, it's the interpersonal. It's when, <clears throat> it's when the eye says to the hand, I don't need you. I believe that this is a lie that plagues our churches more than anything else. We look to someone else and say, you know what? I don't feel like your gift is good enough. I don't feel like you're good enough. I don't feel like you, I don't need you. I don't need you. But what we start getting when we start believing that lie is a church body that no longer serves to glorify God, but serves to glorify self. And when our priorities take the place of the Father's priorities, then we lose every time. God's given each one of us an ability, a skill, a gift. It is not your place to tell someone else what God can and cannot do through their lives. You can't say, I I don't need you. God's given us those opportunities. We're supposed to be unified because to belong means to be together. Paul goes through that last part saying, listen, God's put this body together to give honor to the less honorable. So there'd be no division. Break down those walls. Break down those barriers. It doesn't matter if you're old, young, short, tall, rich, poor, black, white. doesn't matter. God's done away with the division so that we can serve together. You think about any machinery. Any, anything. Like you think about your car. Your car is a complex Machine full of multiple moving parts. The engine can't say, in Texas, the engine can't say to the air conditioner, I don't need you. Because if there's no air conditioner, is that engine going to be running? <laughs> See, God is, is, is leveling the field so that we can be used for him. But, but not just to give honor to the less honorable. But we're supposed to suffer together. We're, we're called to rejoice together. When, when we belong in the family, that means that we are doing this together. When one of you is hurting, it's so easy for us to get on social media and just go, man, that's terrible. Back to my life. Or, oh man, I'm glad I'm not them. Or when we see someone in the church, and this, this kills me. This kills me. I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. Someone in the church, even one of the pastors or leadership, is struggling with a sin, and the church turns their back on them. And instead of suffering together, saying, I'm going to walk through this, there's going to be redemption. There's going to be reconciliation. But instead, the church chops, chops, and chops at their own until they're so beaten and broken that we don't know what it means to suffer together. And we're supposed to rejoice together. 
Forget about keeping up with the Joneses. Let's celebrate with the Joneses. When you see someone getting the promotion, when you see someone whose life may quote-unquote look better than you, let's celebrate together because I guarantee what's on the other side of that Facebook post is one win out of ten losses. Let's rejoice together because God has given you a unique opportunity to be together and go through. You realize, and I said this earlier, there's no coincidence. We don't serve a God of coincidence. We serve an intentional God who brings us through intentional situations for a reason. Sometimes in the midst of the suffering, we don't understand why. But see, we were created by God for him. Colossians 1 says it this way. It's so beautiful. Christ is the image of the invisible God, and all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We're together in Christ. Let's no longer use the things that makes us different to tear down the body, but let's use our difference to bring it up. The situation you're going through, you may be so confused. God, why am I going through this right now? Why are you letting me go through this? I'll give you a perfect example. My wife, in, in our last pregnancy, um, she was, I forgot how far along she was, but um, she, uh, she got contracted uh, with uh, the fifth disease. It's, it's a common childhood illness, like chicken pox. You'll get it once, you never get it again, right? And so, so she gets it, and um, the doctor's like, all right, look, it's a super low percentage chance that you're going to have any effect um, because you probably already had this as a baby. But she, she started showing some of the symptoms and stuff. I said, okay. The doctor said, okay, well, it's no worries. Don't worry about it. This is super low percentage chance that this, that this virus is going to get passed to the baby. And, of course, the virus gets passed to the baby. So, okay, listen, it's an even lower percentage chance that this baby's, anything's going to happen to this baby. More than likely, it's just going to, you know, build up antibodies and be totally cool. And then we had to spend um, several months uh, going to a high-risk OB uh, because uh, we were just watching this baby grow and, and seeing fluid develop on lungs and around the brain. And, and we were one day away from having to go get an in utero blood transfusion. And I just remember in that, in that room, the, the doctor was there, the ultrasound tech, my wife and myself, we, she goes, hey, we're just going to pray over this baby. We're just going to pray over this baby. And I remember just my wife and I sitting down wondering, like, we had three perfect, normal pregnancies. Why? Why? We're, 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 I mean, we could have lost our baby. And it's such a rare, weird thing. And so we go through this and, and, and turn, come to find out God performed a miracle. The baby ended up being just fine. We, and, my, and we still wonder why. But then we, we realize that about three years later, my wife meets a lady who was going through the exact same situation, who felt so lost and so alone and didn't know why. But my wife finally realized, hey, listen, God puts us through every situation, regardless of how good or bad, for a reason. Why? Because we're called to be together. We suffer together. We rejoice together. Why? So we can build up the body of Christ just as he is building us up individually. Nothing happens out of happenstance or chance. Why? Because we are together. And we are the body of Christ. In this body, we don't lose our identities. We don't lose our differences. We actually celebrate them because we can be together. We can use the things that God's given us. We can serve together. We love together. But in that, we are called to be unified on mission for God. 
We are called to be unified on mission. And so in that, we must have the spirit of unity. John 17 says this, as I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. We're on a mission. Mark was talking about the the mission of the church and how it's being played out this weekend and how we're seeing it. And, And that doesn't happen when we do it on our own. If we have, if the individual parts of our body have a different mission, we call that organ failure. If we take our individual things and say, yeah, I, I know that you're doing this here, but I'd rather do this instead. We no longer are serving God, but we're serving our own self-interests. Why? Because we're not unified on mission for God. We're not unified in what he is calling us to do. First Corinthians 1.10 says like this, as I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you agree with one another in what you say, there will be no divisions among you, but that you would be perfectly united in mind and thought. But here's the problem. Our mind can get strapped with wickedness because of the flesh. When we let the flesh take over, our mind will be farther and farther from God's plan for our life. That's why Paul in Romans says it very clearly. We must renew our minds in Christ Jesus. We must renew our minds to follow and be in sync with that of Christ. If we as a body are not in line with what God is calling us, and if our minds are not being transformed to that of his, then we'll miss it. Because we'll be serving self instead of him. We must be unified on mission with him. But we must be unified in service to one another. Unified in service to one another. What that means is that we view others as more important than ourselves. That's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. And he said, he said, to the less honorable, they will be given more honor. To the humble, they will be exalted. Why? Because when we put others before ourselves, we are in direct following of Christ. When he said, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. We must serve humbly for the Father. We are given so many opportunities to to follow in obedience, but we must serve with humility. Are we willing to put aside our, our, our desires, our, our selfish nature? Are we willing to put aside those things that make us look across the aisle and go, man, why is that person even here? They're, they're not good for anything. They're not doing anything. We must put aside that selfish desire that, that when you're called by the, by the children's pastor or the student pastor, say, hey, we need people to serve. Oh, I've done my time. I, I'm, I, I've done my time. I've served. We, we like to make it sound good, though. I'm just going to let someone else have the blessing of service. Listen, I've worked enough VBSs to know we can come up with every excuse in the book. 
But when we put an excuse over the ability and opportunity to serve, when we let our selfish nature, when we let our time, when we let other things come into place to say, you know what, I just don't have time to serve God today. See, that, that's, not, that's not being together. That's not belonging to the Father. Because when we belong to the Father, we, we, are, we, are, we are just ready to serve Him. We're filled with, with so much passion and energy. We just, we're just looking for ways to serve. We're looking for ways. We don't care how much time we've got. We don't care how old we are. We don't care like if we have to try to speak to someone in another language. We figure it out. Because why? Because we're putting ourselves to the side and to say, it's not about me. It's about the glory of the Lord. And we serve wholeheartedly. And we serve with humility. Our churches, I feel like a lot of times miss that. The outside world looks in and says, they're so busy arguing and fighting. They're, they're so busy just trying to take care of themselves. I've seen churches in the middle of the poorest communities of their city doing nothing to reach those people. Why? Because this is literally a quote I heard from a church member. They're just not worth our time. Because they're not like us. I don't speak their language. I can't, I can't connect with them. It's just not worth it. When are we going to recognize that being together, that by belonging means that we are all in this family together, that neither Greek nor Jew, no rich, no poor, no free or slave, that we have been called to serve. We've been called to serve with humility, and we must be willing to put aside ourselves, our personal passions, our desires, our criticisms, everything that we would put in place of God, break those walls down and say, God, I'm just going to be obedient. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I just want to be willing. Are we going to be willing to belong to the family? Are we going to be willing to go to the people we work with who maybe we've been afraid to share the gospel with, but we're going to be going to say, man, I just love you so much. I don't want to, I don't want to see you burn in hell. Maybe we go to that neighbor who we've never, never gotten along with and we reconcile and said, man, I know I've been a terrible neighbor. But I want to fix this with you. Maybe you need to go to your children's pastor, your student pastor, your pastor, your missions pastor, and say, you know what? I've been putting this off for a long time. I I need to serve. You saw how many people stood up in this room today. And I just want to tell you something. That's not normal. I've been to churches where if we did a roll call like that, there'd be maybe 20 people stand up. But we are called to be unified. We're called to do that. But also, we're called to welcome outsiders. We're called to welcome outsiders. I love, before Jesus starts talking about the parables of the lost coin, uh, the the lost son, the prodigal son, I love that because it tells us, gives us this glimpse. Jesus comes in, he sits down, 
and and the sinners come to him. The sinners come sit with him. And the Pharisees are sitting there back just looking at all of this going, can you believe that guy? See, Jesus knew what it meant to reach what some would consider the unreachable. Are we willing to reach the unreachable? Are you willing to, to, to come down out of your comfort zone to reach somebody who you normally wouldn't even give the time of day? Who society says you shouldn't even be there? We must be willing to welcome the outsiders. We also must be willing to look for the opportunities. Where can I serve? How can I serve? How can I show? How can I be part of this family? How can I, how can I create this togetherness? We look for the opportunities and then we encounter those opportunities with grace, recognizing that we are no better than the ones that we encounter. When we recognize that, that we enter with humility, we are just as broken as anybody outside those doors. We enter into those opportunities with grace. And finally, we must be willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We must be willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Which means that that part of the body that God has created you to be, don't be afraid to be the hand. Don't be afraid to be the foot. Don't be afraid to be the appendix. Because every little part of the body is crucial and vital. But we must be willing to put aside the differences. We must be willing to recognize that our piece is just as important because when you look at the whole puzzle, the puzzle may look great, but if it's missing one piece, it's not complete. You may see the picture, you may see all the things, but it's not complete. The concept of belonging means we recognize what God has done in us, what God is giving us, what God is doing through us, and we are willing to be obedient when he calls us to go. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. If you're in the body of Christ, you have already been called to go. You've already been called to serve. You've already been called to use the gift that God's given you. Don't wait for that invitation. Don't wait for, for the pastor to come ask you. Because that's what we do. We sit away. I'll serve when I'm asked. God has given each one of us a place in the body. I've been challenging the students all weekend to recognize that. To recognize, where are you separating yourself from the Father? What lies have you believed to let you know that, that you don't belong? We heard story after story after story during the share time this morning of students who said, you know, I really felt like I didn't belong. But then God showed me that I do. doesn't matter how far I've run. He's there welcoming me back. 
And I've challenged them to see, okay, what, what part of the body? Are you playing your role? Are you recognizing that God has a purpose for you? And so church, this morning, I want you to realize God has a purpose for you. Are you fulfilling and serving in your purpose? Or are you letting your excuses keep you from serving? I want to challenge every person in this building to A, recognize that you belong. B, be obedient to the calling He's given you. And C, serve faithfully in the body. Some of you, you put up walls. You know, a lot of times we, we like to talk to this. Okay, students, I know you're dealing with a lot of things right now. But let's just be real adults. You're dealing with the exact same things. If not more. Pressure from work. Home life. Am I failing as a parent? I don't have any friends. I'm lonely. I can echo that sentiment. What are you putting up that's keeping you from serving faith? This altar is going to be open. Mark, Alan, they'll be here. I'll be on the side. As Robin and the band come and lead this, this lead us into worship. Do you recognize that you belong to the family? Maybe if you're here today and you've never even, you can't say, I'm not even part of the family. I don't know what that even means. I want to invite you. Come and ask questions. Let us show you what it means to belong. You don't have that relationship with the Father? Let us, let us lead you there. Let us show you what it means to be loved by the Father. Maybe you feel like you need to serve and you've just been holding back for whatever reason. You're too busy, you're too young, too old. You've got too much going on in your life. You're just not adequate. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So if you need to come forward, if you need to go talk to your pastors or someone on staff, say, hey, listen, I know I've been pushing back, but I need to serve. Do that today. Maybe you just need to enter the presence of God just in silence. Recognize who he is and come to him humbly and just accept his grace and love. But don't miss your chance this morning. Let me pray for you.